We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. The NBA does not need to hire a new commissioner, and the Houston Rockets do not need to hire a new general manager. The NBA has the best commissioner in all of sports, and he has, in my opinion, proven it over the last couple of weeks, given the fiasco started by Daryl Morey over that tweet supporting the Hong Kong protesters, then deleted. All the business relationships were severed between the NBA and China. Their authoritarian government apparently had some very serious and pointed requests toward the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver. He talked about a Time 100 event yesterday. Listen to Silver. So the regrettable notion was that we had upset our fans. I didn't think at that time, while we were saying we, we, were ups- we, we regretted upsetting our fans, that also at the same time supporting Daryl Morey's right to ex- express himself, right to tweet. Obviously, we made clear that we were being asked to fire him by the Chinese right. government, by the, the parties we dealt with, government and business. We said there's no chance that's happening. There's no chance we'll even discipline him. So in that context, I was saying on one hand we were supporting free expression, but again, maybe I was trying too hard to be a diplomat in saying that we understand, though, that that the reaction, the losses have already been substantial. Our games are not back on the air in China as we speak, and we'll see what happens next. Financial consequences have been and and may continue to be fairly dramatic. Building relationship through sports. We've, your background is in sports. You've been all over the world in sports. And it brings people together, often in a way that governments don't. Our own State Department calls it people-to-people exchanges. And I think when you build that commonality, over time, it potentially leads to shared understandings, empathy, begins dialogues. I felt we had made enormous progress in in terms of building cultural exchanges with the Chinese Mm. people. Again, um, I have regret that much of that was lost, and I'm not even sure where we'll go from here. Spectacular. It's why Adam Silver is the best commissioner in all of sports. It's why other leagues have reportedly tried to lure him away from the league. He's not shrinking from this controversy. He's not cowering from China. He's walking that tightrope above the Grand Canyon that encompasses geopolitics, economics, and sports. He's been brilliant throughout this process. And all you guys busted coverage, Clay Travis, and all you congressmen that are full of crap and want to criticize the NBA for cowering to China, I hope you heard that. I hope you heard that Adam Silver was asked to fire Daryl Morey by a country, by an authoritarian government that could mean potentially billions of dollars for his league, the biggest piece of growth potential on the planet. And Adam Silver said, no thanks. And I got to tell you, I cover this from a news perspective. Businesses every day of the week, governments around the world, 
cower and cave to the Chinese government. Every damn day this happens. What the Chinese do is they force technology transfers. So if you want to do business in their, comp in their country, they say, fine, just show us how you're making that golf club tailor-made. And two days after you start selling it, they're already selling knockoffs. They steal technology. They don't allow market access to giant corporations like automakers. But Adam Silver, he said, heck no, I'm not taking your crap. I hope all the critics of Adam Silver in the NBA heard that, Ross, because he stood strong. I really like Adam Silver. Um, I know you love him. I, I think on some level, though, Dave, if we're being objective, I think he realizes how bad of a PR move it would be if the NBA did fire Daryl Morey. I mean, that would be awful and would go against everything the NBA has tried to represent over the last however many years since Silver's been in office. So I, I guess I'm not going to stand here and, and, and beat my chest, so to speak, like you are about Adam Silver at this point, not firing Daryl Morey is a move that I think most organizations would make because they realize whatever the negative repercussions are in China, they'd be even worse in the United States if they fired Morey at this point as a result of this. Do I believe that Silver believes everything he just said? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. And I really like him. But I would also say not firing Maury because of the negative PR that would come along with that and hypocrisy and all of that stuff, putting it back in the news cycle and what that would do for them and their brand here in the United States. I, I think we're kidding ourselves again if that's not a major consideration here. I don't recall beating my actual chest, but I'll try to interpret whatever you're saying. Uh, where was Adam Silver and the NBA not strong, stronger than governments around the world, stronger than companies around the world, and stronger than other sports in the world and pushing back? Where were they not strong? Well, I don't think they were strong with whoever told Maury to delete the tweet right away. And I think, as you heard Silver say, he was very diplomatic uh, when it first happened. The NBA, after China canceled the first media availability, the NBA themselves canceled the remaining media availability. So I just think, look, I like him. I think he's being strong. I'm just not quite ready to give him all to the give credit, him any credit that you're giving him. To give him any What's credit. It? To give him no, any I credit. No, I am giving him credit. I am giving him credit. I think he is being strong. I think he is saying the right things. I just also think that there are always, and there still are, some business considerations and that they had meetings and they sat down and said, you know what? If we fire Maury, that's good for the business of China. That's good for us. We won't lose that money. But man, that'll be really bad back in the United States. That'd be a terrible look for us if we fire Maury, we can't do it. It would be horrible PR. I just think, Dave, it's like you're acting like that's not even a consideration. 
You're acting like that's not even right. a factor. It, of course, is a factor and a major consideration. All right. Well, we'll, we'll just agree to disagree in here. Uh, Adam Silver, they, they canceled the media availability because the players asked them to. So that's not cowering to a country that's trying to listen to your athletes that don't want the controversy. Uh, the favorite uh, end of this, the last shot for now, was fired by the creators of South Park, Cartman. Dunking on LeBron. Listen. Yes, we do all have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others and you're only thinking about yourself. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on, kids? The protesters are trying to kill Eric again, Mr. Mackey. Okay, kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? They're trying to change people's lunch. They don't realize it harms people financially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Long live Cartman. He is outstanding. South Park continues to be bold. They have taken no shit from China from the very beginning. Um, the, the season starts Monday. Hopefully for the NBA, this has been put to rest. One would imagine someone will still try to get LeBron to further clarify his mystifying remarks. Hopefully he is done talking about this. And for now, the relationships remain severed. We shall see. We'll talk to Carrington Harrison in just a minute about the latest on Patrick Mahomes' injured knee, Ross. But first, we need to tell you about Zip Recruiter. Cafe El Toro COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ziprecruiter.com slash enter. Will the Kansas City Chiefs go to ZipRecruiter to find a new quarterback? Will they go to the trade market? There are several intriguing options to replace Patrick Mahomes, at least in the short term. Let's go to Kansas City and talk to our friend Carrington Harrison, Sports Radio 610 NKC. Good to see you, my friend Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. Uh, just take me back to last night when you're watching that game, when you see Patrick Mahomes go down. What's your reaction? Dramatic reenactment for me. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what other reaction that you could have had. You know how now in social media it then like instantly turned into was the decision right for them to go for the quarterback sneak. So it kind of quickly it went from like, oh, man, I understand the ramifications of what this means for the NFL. And then, you know how we are. We get in like hot take mode instantly. So it kind of transitioned for me very quickly. No, I'm, I'm with you, Carrington. Uh, and there's so many different avenues we could take this. I, I want to start, 
And we don't know what the extent of the injury is yet. We're waiting for the MRI results. But can you give any comparison, contextual comparison, to how important Patrick Mahomes is to the people of Kansas City? And if he is out for the rest of the year, and we'll get to that, how devastating that would be. Is there another comparison of another Kansas City athlete over the last 20, 30, 40 years that you could put it into context? I mean, maybe the Kansas City comparison would be George Brett, but the comparison that maybe everybody would get is I think that Patrick Mahomes has become Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Like, I think he's that big of a deal. I've been to Indianapolis probably three times. Peyton Manning has a children's hospital. Like, I think that's in Patrick Mahomes' future. I think he's certainly going to make enough money in his NFL career that I think he's going to have that kind of impact in Kansas City. I think I saw a stat yesterday on SportsCenter. This is only the second time that the NFL MVP got hurt in the following season. The other one was Cam Newton. It's also just a rare thing to happen where a player like Patrick Mahomes is going to miss a decent amount of time. Yeah, the closest thing I thought of was the guy across the sideline, John Elway, who was an icon in the state of Colorado could have been elected governor not just the most important thing at that Broncos franchise for a while what are you hearing so we understand an MRI today three weeks best case scenario what do you expect what are you hearing first off I just want to say that John Elway can't pick a quarterback so I don't know if I would let him in ah. Play any loss for me like he he hasn't shown that he's really good in his non-football job away like I don't I wouldn't want him to be the governor of my state yeah. uh, I'm hearing the same thing that everybody else is hearing I actually got a text this morning to kind of just confirm what everyone else is saying if I had to say best case scenario is probably Patrick Mahomes comes back for the game against the New England Patriots they play the Patriots I believe it is week 14 this season that would be five games that Patrick Mahomes will miss including the bye I think that's probably the best-case scenario. The five games they have coming up are somewhat winnable. Now, they're going to lose to the Packers. Like I, Matt Moore is not beating Aaron Rodgers in a football game. He's not beating them in tic-tac-toe or a hacky sack race or whatever they're competing in. That's not a game that they're going to win. But they play Tennessee, Oakland, Minnesota during that time frame. Like, like they can go three and two during the stretch. And if you're sitting there and you're eight and four with Patrick Mahomes coming back for the second half of the season, that's not the worst situation to be in. Carrington, it's really interesting. Um, I, I read uh, what Dr. David Chow, the former Chargers team orthopedic, said about this. And, you know, he said there is a chance he could rehab it, like you said, maybe come back three, four, five weeks, whatever it is. But that there's absolutely the chance of recurrence and actually even doing further damage. And he would have a knee brace on to try to keep the kneecap in place. Still would need surgery after the season to stabilize that. So the concern is the kneecap sliding in and out. That's why he would have that big brace. I got to tell you, I know what I would do. But based on what I've read about this and what you've read about this, and we'll see what they say in the MRI today. Would you have him come back for that New England game with the brace, knowing he'll need surgery after the season, knowing it could still slide in and out and he could do further damage? Or would you sit him, have surgery immediately, and get him ready for 2020? Pretend you are Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, and you want this young man to be the face of your franchise for the next 15 years. That's a really good question. I've always wanted to be a billionaire, so let me get my billionaire hat on. <laughs> I, 
I would have to listen to what the doctors have to say in this regard, because I read the same article you're talking about, and it referenced Matthew Stafford, how Stafford came back, he played with the knee brace, and then he had to get surgery at the immediately at the end of the season. So I think we can agree that at some point, Patrick Mahomes will need surgery. Does that surgery come next week? Does that surgery come at the end of the season? Does that injury come after another injury, which he tries to come back, and then he gets hurt again, and then he needs to go get surgery? I think that's really what we're talking about. I don't think you play Patrick Mahomes at any point this season unless unless you, his agent, and Mahomes feel a certain level of comfort with the decision. Like Let's say in five, six weeks you come to the conclusion that Mahomes is willing to say, all right, I feel comfortable enough with the brace. I can go out there. And I assume that if something else goes wrong, that we're not going to try this again, I'm going to shut it down. Then I think that's the way that you have to go. But I think you at least... You either make the decision to put him on the shelf right now and you don't wait two months to then go through the rehab and then make the decision to get surgery. If everyone's going to come to that decision, you need to make that decision today. If not, then you need to let the four months or two months play out and then determine what the what the plan of action to actually get him back on the field is. Our friends Joe Lowe and Dibbs, 95-7, the game out there, say, will they trade for Nick Mullins? There are some intriguing names out there beyond Mullins. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is starting, but clearly that's a team that's tanking. Marcus Mariota has been replaced by Ryan Tannehill, Case Keenum, and Washington. There are some very intriguing options as for the trade market. Do you think they'd pursue any of those? And if so, which one? I like the Ryan Fitzpatrick one, but this is the question you have to ask. With Matt Moore being in the offense and he being here, is it enough of an upgrade to spend a draft pick compensation to get marginally better at the position? Let's be honest here. Marcus Mariota is not some overwhelming improvement over Matt Moore. Is he a little bit better? Absolutely. Is he a little bit better where it's worth giving up a fifth-round draft pick? Kansas City doesn't have a sixth or a seventh-round draft pick, so I doubt Tennessee is taking a 2021 uh, seventh-round pick for their quarterback. So you got to ask yourself that question. Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably the only one that makes sense in a short-term sense, but it also kind of goes to Ross's question of, do you think Marcus, or do you think that Mahomes is going to play this season? If you think Mahomes is coming back, then I think you just roll the dice with Matt Moore for four or five weeks. If you think that Mahomes is done for the rest of the season, then you're probably done for the rest of the season. You're not winning the Super Bowl with Nick Mullins or Marcus Mariota or any of the names that you've thrown out there. So it, it really depends on how long Mahomes is going to be out. And if he's out for the rest of the season, if I was them, I would just go ahead and roll the dice with Matt Moore. I think he's probably your best scenario in, a, in, in, in the situation that they're in. You have 10 days to get ready for Green Bay, and then you just go from there. Our question here, Carrington, um, back to back, actually. The first one is, what's up with my guy, Chad Henney? He's a buddy of mine from my hometown. I know he got hurt in the preseason, is he going to be IR designated for a return? And do you think that the Chiefs would perhaps think that he's a better option? Assuming Mahomes is out for the year and has surgery. Let's just say that part of it happens. Do you think that they could bring Henny back off of IR soon and maybe put him in instead of Moore? I mean, it's possible. So he was on IR. He can be designated to return. So I think the rule is, I was reading about it yesterday, He can practice after week six. He can't come back until week eight. So he wouldn't be able to play uh, until after the Packers game. So he has to be out for those full eight weeks. I made the analogy yesterday. He and Matt Moore, one is Dollar Tree, one is Dollar General. They're about the same. If you like Chad Heaney a little bit more, that's fine. If you like Matt Moore a little bit more, the prognosis and what they can accomplish are about the same. If Mahomes is out for the next five weeks, you just got to try to go three and two. 
All right. So then the next question is, and I, 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 I'm not this guy, Carrington. I promise you, I'm not this guy. I don't bring okay. up this name lightly. I have, I don't think ever said it in three years since he hasn't played, but I'm also from Philadelphia. And I saw when Andy Reid signed Michael Vick, even though nobody else would. And I saw some of the really amazing things that Michael Vick was able to do under Andy Reid's tutelage. A little bit different during the season. But do you think there's any chance Andy Reid would be interested in Colin Kaepernick? And how do you think Clark Hunt would view that and Chiefs faithful? Two, I guess that's probably a two-part answer. I came to the conclusion a long time ago that Colin Kaepernick was never going to play in the NFL after he didn't sign with Seattle. You remember whenever Seattle was interested, and then I think they kind of floated it out there to kind of see how quickly it would spread. I think that was Colin Kaepernick's best chance to get back in the NFL. And once that opportunity passed, then I don't ever think that he's getting back in the NFL. How he would be received, I think, is very interesting. I do think with any team, it would be polarizing in the beginning, but the Chiefs are in such a dire situation that if they sign somebody and they could just hold it together while Patrick Mahomes is out, then I think ultimately they would be accepted. So that's probably the best way to answer your question. There were issues to Marcus Peters, who also sat during the national anthem, so I'm not going to make it seem like that isn't a part of it. But at this point in the season, with the aspirations that Chiefs fans have, yesterday in my mentions, he was the most popular name brought up for the Chiefs to go get. And I do think that he is similar enough to Alex Smith that it does make sense in the in the Chiefs system. And it makes a lot of sense with what they do offensively. I just don't think Colin Kaepernick's ever going to play in the NFL again. Uh, bring him in so this, at the very least this conversation can be over. At the very least. The guy used to have this skill set. At least then we can all move on one way or another. The surprise last night beyond the injury was the Kansas City defense carrying to the lot 190 rush yards in four straight games and then suddenly stifles Denver 70 yards rushing. They also get eight sacks on an immobile Joe Flacco. The personnel remains the same. What changed? Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco is the worst <laughs> starting quarterback in the NFL. And Garrett Bowles... Garrett Bowles needs a hug or an ice cream cone today because he's terrible. Like he was at, like to put it in perspective, Reggie Ragland in his career had a half sack. He had two sacks yesterday. That should tell you everything you need to know about the Denver Broncos offensive line. He had a half sack in four years of NFL action and had two sacks yesterday. I'm here to, I, I, I understand the Chiefs defense played well and I understand all the stats that you're saying. And I'm not trying to diminish what they did. But Joe Flacco is terrible. Joe Flacco makes Eli Manning look like Patrick Mahomes. He's awful. So, Carrington, you're not you're not buying that this is sustainable or that the Chiefs might have found something on D and might be able to carry this forward the next few weeks at all? They play Green Bay and Minnesota the next two weeks. That'll answer our question. Not playing Joe Flacco. They play legitimate, real NFL quarterbacks the next two weeks. And now with Patrick Mahomes out, maybe the best quarterback in the NFL and Aaron Rodgers. That's when we'll find out if the Chiefs defense is real. Not slowing down the Denver Broncos, who are going to pick fifth overall in the NFL draft. Yeah, no, this is this is why I sat here yesterday, Carrington, and and didn't believe Ross Tucker and Brad Evans and 
and Nick Costos that the Broncos were going to win this game outright. The Bronco fan and me thought genuinely we would lose that football game. The only reason I put them in my picks is because, you know, you have to for your team. I thought we had no shot to win that football game. I do want to ask you about John Elway's quarterback evaluation. Um, It's been an epic debacle and one of the most underplayed stories in the NFL. I know you cover the Chiefs, but how much longer do you think Denver can stand by the greatest player in their organization's history as an executive. Elway kind of reminds me of someone, and maybe you have this friend, that whenever he breaks up with a girl, the next girlfriend he gets looks exactly like the old one. And you're like, hold on, like they're so similar in stature. Like I legitimately think that that Elway goes to find what he was. Like Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, Joe Flacco, like you got to be 6'5", big arm. You got to be that. Like, I, 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 I think he clearly has a type. Like, he clearly likes brunettes. Like, that's just his thing. I think he's so bad at it. I think the only thing that saved him was Peyton Manning. If it wasn't for Peyton Manning, Elway would be a bottom five GM in the, uh, in the National Football League. But it is an interesting thing. Like, Elway is probably the most famous person in the history of Denver. How do you tell that person you're not good enough? Like when you know everything that he's done for the city, everything he's done for the organization, like how do you look at that person and say, you can't come to work anymore? So I think they're just always going to be in this very difficult spot with Elway. Like Elway will probably have to resign. Like I don't think they want to fire him, but at some point Elway might need to see that you stepping away is the best thing for everybody. All right. Carrington, um, I want to get to, you mentioned Matt Moore. Let's just say again, Mahomes is out for the year. What is realistic in your mind for the Chiefs with Matt Moore or Henny or whatever for the rest of this year? And if the Chiefs are out, who's the team that can maybe even give New England a game in the AFC Championship game in your mind? I think that Andy Reid is good enough to get them to 9-7. and seven which is probably maybe good enough to win the division, maybe a wild card team. Like I think that Mahomes obviously is such a big part of their offense. And if they can't run the ball effectively against actual good teams, then I don't know how you can expect Matt Moore to go out there. Like Matt Moore has a very defined ceiling. He's going to throw for under 250 yards, give you one touchdown and hopefully not turn the football over. Like I like given the second half of their schedule at Chicago, um, still play Oakland, who I think could be a decent team. New England, like they just have so many big games left. I just don't know. I, I don't know if you're winning double-digit games and Matt Moore's your quarterback. And it's just going to have to be an Andy Reid kind of thing. So that would be it. If you're asking the team I think could beat him, one of my good friends actually asked me this after the injury, Houston's probably the only balanced team that can do it. Like I don't think that Lamar Jackson is – I don't think his skill set is diverse enough to beat the Patriots defense in late December and January. I think the only team that can do it that's not Kansas City is Houston. Now, New England would probably be six and a half, seven and a half point favorites in the game, but Houston is the only team now that can do it if Patrick Mahomes is out. We're about to find out a lot about Lamar Jackson, I think, this weekend against Seattle. I, I, I got a feeling that guy's about to be exposed if he hasn't been in the last couple of weeks. Carrington Harrison, Sports Radio 610 in Kansas City. Great to see you, my friend. Appreciate the time. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. I got to go to wherever Ross is. Like, your place might be nicer than my apartment. Me? <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know where you stand at. Though. You, you, you got the Intercontinental. You got the Sheridan Five Star. I don't know where you're at right now. That place looks incredible.
I I am at a I am at a double tree, and I don't know oh. what you think looks incredible <laughs> about it. It's it's a bed, and it's my big head blocking the light, so that so that it doesn't shine through. That's it. That's it. This is uh, no, nothing fancy. I will say this though. Holy crap, man! I got here last night at seven, and these double trees—they give you water, but they also—they have like a heater, and they pull the cookies out. They pull a cookie <laughs> out. They gave me a warm—it's like an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie, not oatmeal <laughs> raisin. Dave, this might be because yeah. I'm a chocolate chip guy and peanut butter guy. Dave's an oatmeal raisin guy. We might have found a, a middle ground here, Briggs. It's an oatmeal chocolate yeah. chip. Now they did have some nuts in it, but it wasn't it wasn't too many nuts. It was well done. Had the big warning. It was delicious. I contemplated for 17 minutes last night whether or not I should go back downstairs and ask for another one. I thought they'll probably give it to me, but that would be a little bit weird. I don't really need it, but damn, that was good. 17 minutes I debated going downstairs to get a second warm cookie from the Double Tree by Hilton. That's funny because 17 minutes, that's normally Kansas City's time of possession. So that's actually a really good point. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think it was uh, in that Houston game or awfully close to it. Carrington, good to see you, man. Th those Double Tree cookies are fantastic. I have had them. They're always nice and, and, and moist. It's an excellent cookie. I, I recommend everyone try it. Good to see you, Carrington. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk about, is there a double standard when it comes to injuries? Uh, we see the practice uh, preach patience and, and take great care of quarterbacks and running backs and receivers. Is that the case? with offensive linemen in the NFL? Or are they not treated quite at the same level? Two interesting stories popping up on that after a quick break. Kansas City Chiefs will take great care with their injured quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. They will not rush him back to the field after this MRI. If there is no ligament damage, they will still take the utmost of patience and care and make sure everything is right to not further risk injury for Patrick Mahomes and certainly would not want to alienate the quarterback, the franchise for what looks like the next 10, 15 years. Would that be the case if he was an offensive lineman? Enter Chargers left tackle Russell Okung, who had an embolism recently and had his pay reduced. Now under a new contract, it would appear the Chargers can make him whole. But he's not alone. Browns tackle Cordy Glenn, reportedly, according to our friends at Pro Football Talk, upset with the team for, in his eyes, rushing him back from, of all things, a concussion. The one spot you would think the NFL would take so much care and be patient. At one point, the Bengals fined him $200,000 for conduct detrimental to the team. It would appear... Cordy Glenn does not feel like he's ready to return from a concussion, but the team, the Cleveland Browns, do feel that's the case. Is there something that bonds these two injuries? Is it just offensive linemen, or is it just a reminder, Ross, that the NFL, yeah, you hear stories like Brock Osweiler that makes $275 million per win, but on the other hand, the league is a cold and nasty cutthroat place when you are an injured player. Dave, there is no question. Um, I'm glad we're talking about this, and I'm glad you framed it exactly the way that you did. 
Look, I I don't have any pretenses, okay, of what big business is or should be. And in fact, I've got several small businesses I'm involved in. I get it. I understand business. I understand it. The NFL is a very tough, unsentimental business. But it kills me when fans get all upset when a player holds out and does what's best for them because they don't often hear about so many of the situations that you just referenced. So Russell Okung had a pulmonary embolism, which is blood clots in his lungs. And as a result, hasn't been able to play since June. Looks like he might be able to play this week. Because it wasn't a football orthopedic issue that was suffered on Chargers property, the Chargers put him on the non-football injury list, which, by the way, is debatable. And I think Okung, if he had an agent representing him at the time, should have considered fighting that because we've now seen Clint Bowling get a pulmonary embolism, David Andrews from the Patriots. That's a lot of offensive linemen getting these pulmonary embolisms, these blood clots. So I'm wondering if if it's not potentially football-related. Even so, Dave, the NFI list gives the team the ability to pay the player whatever they want. The list was put into place for if a guy gets injured, you know, in a jet ski accident in the Bahamas, or if the guy blows his hand off playing with fireworks, or something like that. It was not, to my knowledge, designed at all for a player having a pulmonary embolism. And what the Chargers elected to do, they elected to pay Russell Okung less less than what he was due, less than what his contract called for, just because they could. To me, it's almost unconscionable. It's despicable. And I am, I told you first week we did shows, Dave, I am a capitalist. I get it. I get business. I do. But this, I think, goes above and beyond for them to reduce his salary after he had blood clots in his lungs, after the guys played however many years for you at left tackle, I think is despicable. And now they're doing him a solid by giving him a chance to earn it back with incentives. The Chargers make me sick. That stuff is indisputable. And I tweeted about this at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Dave Briggs TV. We are at RDC home and home. Absolutely follow us. And Russell Okung, who now has an agent, his agent retweeted me. Clearly feeling the same way. The Bengals situation, a little bit different because there's some type of dispute there. Reportedly, Cordy Glenn feels like the organization's trying to, you know, rush him back from a concussion. You know, they do have independent neurologists. At any rate, though, it's a bad look to be fining a player $200,000 
for anything concussion related. I don't know what he did. There's still some details I'd be interested to hear from that one. But the net net is it's related to his recovery from a concussion. There's a reason, Dave, why these are two shitty organizations. There's a reason why guys don't want to play for them. I I just think in in 2019, for these teams to do both of these things boggles my mind. And I want everybody listening, watching, whatever, to remember this the next time an NFL player holds out or like Jalen Ramsey that we talked about this week holds in to get a better contract to take care of themselves because the message these teams are sending, Dave, is they will screw you over if there's any opportunity or window for them to do so. And apologies, I think I may have said the Browns. I did intend to say the Bengals. Yeah, and there was a report that at one point, Glenn asked Zach Taylor to just cut him. So that story is fully not wrapped up. But it just gives you, uh, I, I guess, a little more faith in the player empowerment movement. If you are Jalen Ramsey, if you are Jadavion Clowney, if you are Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott, you name it. Any of these guys have a very small window to take advantage of their situation, make as much money as they can, and do whatever you can to protect yourself and your family. With that, I can't help but wonder how the NFL continues to push for a 17-game schedule and simultaneously say player safety is of utmost concern. How then do you add a regular season game? Yes, you would take away some preseason, but that doesn't mean much for the guys that play all of those 16 games. According to our friend Mike Jones at USA Today, who's a, a guest here on Home and Home, that um, about half of the NFL owners are not necessarily on board with the 17-game schedule and actually prefer to keep it at 16. Now, that may not be because of player safety and maybe because the difficulty of getting an even balance home and away and neutral site game for every team. But how then does the league continue to say, we want to push for player safety, we want to protect guys, but we want to add football games? I think it's awful. I, I really do. I, I think it's I think it's a tough sell. I mean, think about all the quarterbacks that have been hurt this year, Dave. The more games that you add, the more potential there is to have meaningful football late in the year and in the playoffs without quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger, like Patrick Mahomes. I suppose you can make the argument that maybe these guys come back later in the year if you extend it. Ultimately, it's just about numbers. It's just about money. And I don't begrudge the NFL from looking at it this way. And I think that and adding an extra game, Dave, is something that the players should strongly consider. It's only one more game, and the money could be significant. Is it great for player health and safety? No, but there aren't really that there isn't really that much data out there suggesting one more game would do that much more damage. The Patriots play 18 or 19 games every single year, and they don't have a higher injury rate than other teams. We haven't seen that their players have shorter careers. So there isn't evidence of that. That's why I think they should consider it. My concern isn't really player health and safety as much as a watered-down postseason product because it's yet another week 
where these quarterbacks have to avoid these injuries and all players, but especially quarterbacks have to Mm. avoid these injuries. Speaking of injuries, and you mentioned the New England Patriots this morning on WEEI, the Greg Hill Show, Julian Edelman was asked, of course, the question that every Patriot has to answer at least once a week. What about the future of Rob Gronkowski? Will he come back? Well, Tom Brady said earlier this week on the Greg Hill Show that he will not be lobbying Gronkowski to return to the game. That was the right answer. Julian Edelman, well, you decide. Here's what he told Greg Hill about urging Gronk back. I'm going to start with Gronk. We had Gronk in the studio this week, and he said that he's not coming back. Um, Do you believe him? You know, I don't know. Um, I didn't. If he does, hey, that's awesome. We need it. But, um, you know, you're not really worried about that. You're worried about the Jets and who you're playing, your opponent this week. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just how it goes. It'd be awesome. Now, we definitely need him. The Patriots certainly need some help. They got Ben Watson back this time as a tight end target, still struggling at the receiver position beyond Julian Edelman. Do you like to hear him say, though, that it would be awesome if he did come back? Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, from a, a player standpoint, and Edelman being on the team, I think for him to publicly say, look, if he came back, that'd be awesome. But that's not, he could still privately say, Rob, I don't think you should do this. But I don't think it'd be a good look for Edelman to publicly say that. I don't think you should come back. That puts Gronk in a really bad spot. If you say, yeah, if he came back, that'd be awesome. You can still tell Rob privately perhaps what you really think. So Gronkowski is the latest example prior to Patrick Mahomes of the Madden curse that you do not believe. Rob Gronkowski, 2017, was on the cover. He comes back. He missed virtually all the first four games, ended up starting just six games due to a herniated disc and other injuries. Need I go on? Yeah. 2014, Adrian Peterson, huge season. And then we all remember what happened the following year indicted on those child abuse charges. How about Peyton Hillis? 2012, Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden. Anybody remember Peyton Hillis? That was brief, and that was the curse. Brett Favre in 2009, Vince Young in 2008, Michael Vick in 2004. Need I go on? You still don't believe the Madden curse is real? Uh, No, I don't. You do? (laughs) (laughs) there's something to it man I mean that is that is far too many in the last 15 years and and I could go on I mean the the list the list goes a couple of pages deep I don't know it is starting to feel real we're going to take a quick break when we come back college football is on tap our good friend Pete Dammel from Yahoo Sports he was at the Red River shootout over the weekend Oklahoma and Texas we hope he ate some good, delicious food on a stick, but he probably had like kale or something boring. We'll look ahead at the weekend slate in college football after a quick break. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.